Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel lesson for this week comes from Mark, the first chapter. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. The Gospel of Mark is short and to the point. When it comes to how Jesus ended up in the wilderness after his, bas- after his baptism, we read straightforwardly, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. If we ask how long he was there and what was he doing, we hear directly. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Quickly. Tersely, all our questions are answered. You guys all good? (laughs) Have all your questions answered for the rest of Lent? You know exactly what Jesus was up to, right? I see Aitana here. You just traveled to Arizona to get your vaccine, right? So the Spirit drove you to Arizona, just like Jesus. So we have a real life... (laughs) Uh, Welcome home. (laughs) If you are like me, you may find Mark's description of Jesus' time in the wilderness a little lacking, especially in comparison with the versions given by Matthew and Luke. In Matthew and Luke, there are much more detailed descriptions of of what Jesus went without, He went without any food or drink for 40 days, and that's spelled out in the other two, but not in Mark. And those two also include narrative accounts of the exchanges between Jesus and Satan himself. In Mark's version, we have all the same characters, except interestingly, Mark is the only one to explicitly mention that Jesus was with the wild beasts when he was in the desert. Still, Mark lacks the juicy details of Jesus' famished state and his showdown with 
with the prince of darkness. As Mark tells it, Jesus' time in the desert is certain. The characters that accompanied him there are known. But the details of the experience remain a mystery. Tell us, Mark, what was it like for Jesus to be in such a hot, dry, desolate place for so long, with only beasts and the evil one to keep him company? This experience experience seems vitally important to our Lord's ministry later on. Why don't we hear more about it? Well, I'm not sure why Mark wrote the gospel the way he did. But there are a few things that we can appreciate about Mark's account of Jesus' desert experience, as much, if not even more, than Matthew's and Luke's, even if we still prefer theirs. First off, this was likely an incredibly difficult and traumatic experience for Jesus. And words often come up short when it comes to processing and recalling trauma. Many military veterans of combat situations, for instance, have a hard time talking about their experiences on the battlefield, especially their most traumatic experiences. We do not blame them for their silence on these matters, as we understand that it is painful. And uh, it is painful to talk about these things and bring them to memory. Likewise, I imagine that most of you have, um, have learned far more about the Spanish flu epidemic this year than you probably ever did in school. Is, is that accurate? Anybody learned more about the Spanish flu this year? I know I have. I mean, I remember like talking about it like one day in history class. but <clears throat> Though we lost far more Americans to the Spanish flu, which I should point out should actually be called the Kansas flu since the first cases were discovered in Kansas. But side note. We lost far more Americans to that epidemic or pandemic than we did in World War I. Yet the epidemic, that epidemic is overshadowed by the war that preceded it and the joyous decade that followed it. We would much rather focus on our meaningful victory in the Great War and our surging economy in the 20s than the devastating disease that took over in between. There are some experiences that are traumatic in ways that words can do little to rectify or make sense of. And perhaps Jesus' time in the desert, when he endured extreme deprivation and evil, might just be one of those experiences. Perhaps it is best to acknowledge that it happened and then just move on. Another reason that Mark may have chosen to leave out more details of Jesus' period of isolation, starvation, and confrontation with evil is that there are some things that should remain mysterious. Opposite Jesus' time alone with Satan in the desert, we also hear throughout the Gospels that Jesus spent many moments on mountains praying by himself. These stories give us an important insight. 
Namely, that it was crucial for even the Son of God himself to step away from the crowds, to take time off, step away from the business of this world in order to take time to pray alone. Yet, we hear few details about how, where, when, or how long he prayed. Did Jesus go up the mountain and pray the prayer he taught us, the Lord's Prayer, over and over again? Did he pray silently? Did he pray aloud? Did he pray on his knees? Did he pray standing or lying prostrate on the ground? Did he cry out to God the Father in peaceful sighs of joy and thanksgiving? Or did he lament? Lament the evil and pains of this world that he encountered. We may never know. And at least in this world, we probably should not know. I, for one, believe that it is important that Jesus' prayers in these moments remain a mystery. So that when we seek to repeat his experiences of praying alone on mountains, in homes, or wherever else we might seek a prayer, prayerful relationship with God. When we do this, it is important that we do it in our own way. And do not just simply try to copy Jesus' prayers. As we heard from the psalmist this past Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, Psalm, Psalm 51 tells us that God desires a broken heart. God desires a broken heart. And if we knew how Jesus prayed on the mountain and what he said, we would likely calculate our prayers with our minds instead of letting them flow from our frailty deep inside. There is mystery to much of Jesus' life and ministry. And we actually often benefit from that mystery in more ways than we know. It can be a good thing. It can be a good thing not to know. This is ultimately where we meet Jesus now, in the season of fasting and prayer, just as we do every year, in the mystery of it all. We know he journeyed there into the wilderness. We know he fasted there. And we know he prayed there. Many other details of his time among the wild beasts is unknown to us, though. And this is good. This is good because it leads us to look inward, not outward, as we follow his example throughout the season of Lent. If we had more details about it all, how and when he suffered, and what he said in his prayers, etc., we could try to repeat exactly what he said again and again. Instead, we know simply that he fasted and he prayed. For 40 days. If we want to follow his, his example, we must do the same, but in our own way. We must look inward to see the brokenness within us that God seeks to heal. Where are you tempted? Where are you hurting? What in your heart and your mind do you need to lay at the altar 
of the Almighty. Where might Satan challenge you? How might the angels attend to you when Easter rolls around? These are all questions that are meant to be asked and answered by you and our Lord alone, one on one. The great spiritual act of looking inward is not one for public display or public consumption, but an act that is between you and God alone. When we look inward, just as Jesus did in his time with only the wild beasts and Satan to keep him company, we can trust that the last characters of this desert story will be there too, the angels. As Jesus wrestled with isolation, famine, thirst, wild beasts, and evil itself, the angels also waited on him. And even better yet, the Greek word that was translated in our passage for today as waited on can actually better be translated as served. The angels served him. While our Messiah journeyed through the darkest and loneliest moment of his life, other than his crucifixion and death, the angels served him. He was not truly alone. For God was there in the form of our Lord's heavenly messengers. There is great comfort in trusting that when we are at our lowest, when we are at our loneliest, and when we are at our most vulnerable, that, that is when the angels come to serve us in divine fashion. May the Lord's messengers serve you. And just as they did for Jesus in the season of fasting from things that you have chosen to give, it up, give up, as well as the season of fasting from comforts and joys that have been taken from you. And may God do this through the angels as only the angels of the Almighty know how. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor 